And a lot of women, you know, they lose themselves in motherhood, but the distinction of motherhood, pandemic, still working, working from home, and also being a PhD candidate, it's hard. Hey everyone, this is Angela, the host of the Grad Girl Wellness Podcast, a space designed to encourage and inspire women of color to prioritize their overall health and wellness while pursuing higher education. Before we get into today's episode, I want to invite you to Career Day hosted by The Financial Diet on May 15th. On that day, there will be over 15 sessions, a virtual goodie bag, downloadable workbook, and interactive Slack workspace, all focused on building, transforming, and rebooting your career. On top of that, I will be speaking on a segment called Doing Grad School the Smart Way, where I will touch on topics related to wellness and budgeting in grad school. If you can't make it on the 15th, that's okay. A replay will be available to anyone who registers. So if you're interested, you can use my code GRADGIRL, one word in all caps, for a discount on your ticket. With that said, let's get into the episode. Hi, Brittany. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm managing. It's a lot going on in the world right now, but I'm trying to take it a day at a time. Yes, I agree. It's definitely a lot, a lot to bear, but you know, we just got to keep pushing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. So awesome. Now I'm, I'm grateful to have the opportunity to talk, talk with you today. This is the highlight um, of my day. And so I'm really excited to talk to you about motherhood and your um, PhD journey. Um, but let's start with the basics. So if you could okay. um, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're studying and where you are in your graduate studies. Okay, cool. So my name is Brittany Bratcher-Rasmus, and I am a fifth-year doctoral candidate at Texas Women's University. It's in Denton, Texas. However, I reside in Houston, Texas, so my program is hybrid. So kind of during the coursework phase, we would go to Denton like twice a semester, but everything else was online. So as a fifth-year candidate, I've already completed my coursework, and um, defended my comps and took the comprehensive exam. And so now I am in the process of defending my prospectus or my dissertation proposal. So I am currently working on chapter three of my dissertation and my dissertation focuses on how social support impacts or influences heart disease development in African-American women. So for me, my dissertation research is kind of near and dear to me because I think social support is a very huge aspect that a lot of people kind of look past, especially in the African-American community. Though we have levels of social support, we don't really understand how social support can impact our overall health and wellness. Um, But for the most part, I've enjoyed my dissertation journey. Um, I will say it's kind of been a process from getting engaged to getting married to having a baby or getting pregnant and then having a baby I feel like my process could have been a little faster but now as I'm kind of in the process I've, I've realized this was kind of the best timing for me um because sometimes you kind of look around you like look at your classmates and see their progress but you kind of learn okay this is the the best time for me so that's kind of me in a nutshell um in my dissertation research Awesome. Thank you for that. Um, I definitely want to follow up with you on that idea of like comparing your journey um, to other people, because I think that happens irrespective of what happens or life events. You're always 
comparing yourself to other people. Um, so awesome. I think your dissertation is really important, right? I know uh, heart disease is like what the leading killer. Yes, the leading killer of all people and now rising in African-American women. Mm -hmm. um, it was just previously thought to just affect men um, and then black men. But then when you start talking about the rates of women due to other health, chronic health factors, we are definitely um, on the rise. Interesting. Okay, well, I'm, I'm excited to see what you find in your research. Yeah. Um, so, so thinking about health, right, um, I'm curious to know if you could talk a little bit about your relationship to self-care as a graduate student. So I'll kind of get into self-care and my overall wellness pre-motherhood, uh, mm -hmm. and then we'll get into motherhood. So pre-motherhood, I kind of feel like I was doing work all the time, but I had a healthy balance. Um, although me and my husband, we would vacation all the time, I would always have my books in hand just in case I had some downtime. So it was always about balance from vacationing to getting up in the morning. I work out with a trainer three days a week, and that kind of gets my day started to help me kind of feel productive and kind of get my heart rate going to, you know, be in the mood to do work, honestly. Um, eating healthy meals, finding that balance to, you know, be able to cook. And I, we were getting married. So being able to stay fit and getting ready to get into wedding attire, it was easy. So I will say for me, I've always had the notion of if I wanted some alone time, I would go to a restaurant and maybe sit at the bar by myself or um, go get my nails done or my hair done and things like that. That was my time. Um, and it kind of helped. It, it helped to keep me grounded. However, after having a baby, um, my daughter, she'll be 18 months on April 29th. Um, things kind of got a little fuzzy. And then going into the pandemic, it got a little fuzzier. Mm -hmm. So I will say that I now I'm kind of getting back to me, but I kind of felt like I lost myself. Um, just becoming a mother in the dissertation phase was different because in the dissertation phase, you, as you know, like there's no timetable, everything is on you. So, and then also I'm, I have to say that I was a stay-at-home mom or a work-from-home mom. So I do have a full-time job um, and I'm an adjunct professor and um, staying at home with a baby. So that was a really, that was really a lot to handle. And I lost myself for a very long time, especially in, during quarantine and the pandemic hit. So it was difficult for me to find that alone time that I had prior to having a baby or even me and my husband having that alone time to just vacation and just kind of leave work at home because he's a workaholic as well. Um, it was difficult. So I had to try to find time to balance, to bal balance um, my marriage, to balance myself just as a person and to balance motherhood. Um, because all three, I felt like were suffering because I could not maintain that balance. I didn't know how much to give to each kind of direction. And then with that, I will say my writing kind of took a, a turn to where I just kind of wanted to just not do it. I'll be honest with you. I didn't want to write. I didn't want to research. I didn't want to read if it was related to my research. I wanted to read leisurely because that's something that I did as well. And I felt like I didn't have the time to do that either. So I kind of lost myself. And a lot of women, you know, they lose themselves in motherhood. But the distinction of 
motherhood pandemic, still working, working from home, and also being a PhD candidate, it's hard. I will say that it's, it's definitely difficult, but you have to remember your why. Why did I want to become a mother? Why did I want to become a wife? Why do I want this doctoral degree? So once I kind of came back down and remembered my why, I always tailored what I'm doing or my priorities to my why. Whether it's, hey, I need to spend time with my husband because he's important to me, or I need to spend time with my daughter because she's still developing. Um, and I, I want her to know love, care, and affection, or why do I need to write today? Because I want to finish school, honestly. So, you know, and I want to be able to contribute to the field um, of the, the research that's already out there and find the, those gaps in the literature and things like that. So again, just coming back to my why, um, that's, that's kind of how post-quarantine, um, although we, we're still kind of there, I was able to kind of come back to me and I'm still getting there, honestly. And I don't think I'll ever be back to me because again, motherhood changes you, but it doesn't mean that you're changing for the worse. I feel like I've evolved as a person. I've evolved in ways that, you know, I've, I've never thought that I could. And the fact that I'm able to now know what balance means is very important. I think that was a part of my evolution as a student and as a mother and as a wife. No, I think, I think that that is great. Like at the same time that you had all these different things pulling your attention, right? And you were being tested, right? Um, it kind of forced you to reconsider who you were as a person before the better. Um, right. And I, I think that's, that's really awesome. And I like this idea of remembering your why. Yes. Um, always coming back to that. I went to a talk recently um, and someone was talking about the same thing, but she called it your heart priorities, right? What okay, I like that. Right, well, things that are important to you, top of mind, the things that call your heart to like a, I think she called it like a, a heck yes. What gives you a yes, heck yes? yes. Um, so I think that's awesome. So kind of thinking more about motherhood as a PhD student, as a full-time <laughs> worker and as a wife, um, you started a page called Black Mom PhD. Um, what inspired you to do that? So in the midst of quarantine, like I said, my, my writing had come to a stop to where I was just trying to figure out, you know, how do I start again? I needed inspiration. I needed motivation. And for me, I'm the type of person that likes to inspire others as well. So the notion of the, paint, the page came about as me needing that extra push, me needing to be associated with the community who gets it. I mean, because honestly, you you're in the outside world. You have you know people who've been through a PhD journey, but have they been through a PhD journey through a pandemic? Have they did it, you know, being a work from home mom? You know, so I wanted to surround myself with a community of people who were going through the same things that I was. And I think it's important, although it's an online community and you don't really quote unquote know these people, these people get it. So I really wanted to be able to find that motivation that I once had, that yearning, that desire to finish and to keep going. And then also inspire others through my journey because number one, just being black in America right now is so hard. I mean, being black in general is hard. Um, then you add motherhood to the aspect and then you add still being a student 
it's hard all around. So I wanted to motivate others who may be thinking about having a child who have children now, and then just, you know, connect with others who are in that same, in the same process as me um, to kind of get their thoughts. So the whole idea of Black Mom PhD is just to be surrounded with like-minded individuals who get it. Um, honestly, I just needed to be around people who got it. Mm -hmm. No, I, I love that because my next question was, is there anything distinct about being a Black mom PhD? And I think you hit it right on the head, right? Given everything that's going on right now, it is a unique experience, right? And it's nice to have um, a group of people who get it. You know, you don't have to explain um, everything. Right. right, and I think just being a black woman it's a, a being a black woman who is aspiring for more people feel like you can't have a family I have a little anxiety about you know if i'm giving more to my school versus to my family but you can do both and so that's kind of the notion of black mom phd is you can do both you can be a successful black woman but you can also still be family oriented you can be career driven and be family oriented. You can be just, you know, top tier and still have that yearning and that desire to be a family person. Um, so I think the experience is very unique given the time that we are in today. And then also just, I would say just being a black woman, we feel the need to bear it all, to wear it all on our shoulders and we don't have to. And I think that's one thing that I've learned during the pandemic and motherhood is you don't have to bear it all. You can ask for support, although that's tricky, that's hard for some people, including myself. You can ask for support, but then also you can just let it go. You can rest, you can relax. You don't have to do it all and be it all. Although you want to, you don't have to. So I think that's one of the things that um, I kind of wanted to convey in Black Mom PhD as well is you can have everything that you want to have as long as you know you have the discipline to work for it. But if you don't want it, you you know you don't have to to work toward that. If it's for someone else and not for you, you don't have to work toward that. And I think it's just very important to show other people, especially for me, um, showing my daughter that hey, this is what I did when you were an infant and a toddler, showing her that every aspiration that you have is attainable as long as you put the work in as long as you're disciplined as long as you can endure to the finish line it's possible so I think that's a part of my why as well but then also just being a black woman in America I just want others to see someone who looks like them who is doing what maybe they want to do as well mm -hmm. no I think that's awesome and I was just thinking about the fact that like I appreciate you saying it's not just for people who are currently mothers, right? People who are aspiring or people who have anxieties around, well, I don't know if I can do it, right? Because I'm in a situation where like, I don't have a partner, I'm not married, but these are things that I would like. Um, but the older I get, the more I'm kind of like, well, I don't know, like <laughs> professors, like they're single. And, you know, I have so many, you know, some doubts around what that could look like in the future. So I appreciate your example um, in that regard. Yeah. So awesome. Okay, so there are other folks, right, who who are aspiring and have questions um, about what it's like to be a mother um, in a PhD program. So I solicited some questions. And okay. Since you are our resident expert. I'm going to ask you um, your opinion on these things. So one of the questions I got was, how do you manage sleep? 
Ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> I will say I am just getting better at sleep. Um, Pre-pregnancy, um, pre-motherhood, sleep was not at the top of my priority list. That's one thing me and my trainer would, would be bumping heads about because he'd be like, I saw you on Instagram at 4 a.m. doing work. You're in here at 8 a.m. You're not sleeping enough. And then having a baby, sleep is, you know, in increments or sleeping when you can. Now, 2021, I will say I have made it a point. <laughs> this may not be a lot for some people, but for me, it's, it's doing something. I've made it a point to make sure that something is happening. I'm sorry. I've made it a point to be in bed before midnight. And some people are like, okay, that's, that's still late. For me, when I'm used to getting in the bed at 2 a.m., midnight is good. Midnight is very good for me. And sometimes I'm asleep before 12.30. So I can at least get six and a half to seven hours of sleep versus the three and a half to four that I was getting before. So now sleep has become a priority for me. Um, I'm a night owl just naturally, but I know that I work more efficiently and not even just me, people in general, work more efficiently when they're not tired, when they get the appropriate amount of rest. Um, that's something that's difficult, especially if you have deadlines to meet, it's very difficult. But I've, I've made it a priority in 2021 to make sure that I get the appropriate amount of rest because that's how I keep pushing is because I'm, I'm rested and I'm ready to work. So you have to just give yourself a time to where it's gonna be lights out um, I'm going to be in bed by this time. I'm not going to look at the phone. Now, I sleep with the TV on. <laughs> My friends say that's not normal, but I may not be watching anything. So um, that's important for me is just to make sure that I have a deadline to where I, I say I'm going to sleep and I'm in the bed by a certain time. So it's hard, but anybody can do it. You can do it. You just have to set those deadlines for yourself. Definitely. That's helpful for anybody, right? Kid having a child or not. Um, so the next question is, at what point of a PhD is best to have a child? And this is coming from someone, she said that she was 29 years old. Um, she was starting her PhD program in September and she said she is ready for kids. So that's a tough question. It's honestly really up to you. Um, I will say during coursework, life was a lot easier because the ball was not in my court and I didn't have a baby. Um, and I work good with deadlines. I like someone telling me when something is due because I know that, you know, I have that deadline to meet versus now it's, it's in my court. Um, I am the deadline. So it's like whenever I want something done, I have to put it on myself to get it done. So it's really up to her. Honestly, I, I'm 30 now. I'll be 31 May 30th. So me and my husband, for oh, us, okay. sorry, you said May 29th? Mm -hmm. Okay, Gemini. <laughs> um, so me and my husband, for us, it was important for us to have a home, to have purchased a home first before having a baby. So that's one of the things that we looked into. Now, I probably would have planned a little bit better as far as the doctoral pro program. So... Honestly, I can say it's just really up to her. If, she, if she's ready to have a baby and just now entering her coursework, I would say 
go through that first and second semester and see how your time management is, how your balance is, because it's really doable. It's doable during that time frame. It gets a little trickier um, once you get to the dissertation phase, but I've known people who had two kids through their entire PhD journey and they are killing it. So it's possible. It's just what kind of expectations you have for you and your family. So I can't really say that don't do it because some people have, have told me, why are you having a baby and you in this program? Then some people will say, hey, you're young, go for it. So it's really up to you and how you perceive everything. If you are an optimist and know that you can, you know, balance everything, I think it's perfect. If you have a little anxiety about it, because I did, I had anxiety about everything while pregnant. And I think that kind of stemmed from knowing that I was going to stay at home with her. I, of course, I didn't anticipate staying home with her for 11 months, but, um, and that was due to the pandemic, but I had anxiety trying to figure out how I was going to make everything flow together. But honestly, it just, it kind of all just comes together and you are never completely ready to have a baby. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter if you have a house, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Nothing matters because every child is different. Um, every pregnancy is different. Every marriage is different. So it's really up to you. Um, and you're never going to be a hundred percent ready. So it's just, yeah, it's just up to her. Awesome. I think that's good advice. Like also thinking about the different phases of a PhD program right. and kind of evaluating it in that regard. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And so the last question I got from a listener, um, they started out by saying, I know that programs are different, um, but what advice do you have for someone considering taking on full-time work while also being a mother in a PhD program? It's doable. I'm, I'm here to definitely say it's doable. It takes hard work. And again, we're coming back to balance, but it's absolutely doable. And I feel like the more support that you have um, from your partner, from your spouse, whomever, your parents, loved ones, whomever it is, is very helpful and it's very beneficial for you. Um, so it's, it's really just important to stay the course. Um, communicate with your advisors, your professors. You know, if you come to a point where you know, hey, I need to take a step back, that's something that you communicate with them because you do have a family. And I think a lot of professors, though you see, you do see some single professors, you do have a lot of them who got married late in life and maybe had children later in life. So they understand how hard it was, you know, being older with an infant or, or toddler. Um, and then also having a full-time career. So it's definitely possible. Um, I've been with my full-time job for almost six years now, and I've been an adjunct professor for five years. So I've been doing both of them simultaneously and, you know, just bringing a child into to the world. Um, you just add her to the mix and just kind of juggle until you get the perfect routine down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I definitely think it's doable. Okay, that, that's encouraging. <laughs> it's doable. Awesome. All right, um, so I think we're going to move into the lightning round. Okay, and sounds good. You just say the first thing that comes to your head. Um, and so the first one is, um, if you could, please give three words to describe wellness in graduate school. Prioritization, um, rest, and balance. So I've talked about balance all throughout this podcast, but prioritization is very key. What's at the top of your to-do list? Um, 
And if nothing surrounding self-care is on that list, then you really need to reevaluate everything because that's the only thing that's going to help you kind of maintain your momentum and your drive is, you know, when you take a step back from something, you kind of get to refresh and reset. And if you don't have anything prioritized that gets you to that point, you're going to burn out quickly. So, and you see that often with graduate students is burnout to where they just like, you know, I don't want to, I'm, I'm confused. I don't want to, I don't know if I want to stay in school. I don't know if I want to continue this research. And they ultimately in their heart, they do, they do, but they're burnt out. And for me, I kind of went straight through from undergrad all the way to this process. I've only been out of school one semester. So I know what burnout looks like and I know what not prioritizing my wellness looks like as well. So um, you have to prioritize something for you. My workouts, um, that's a priority for me. I get up every morning and I go to the gym. That's something that kind of keeps me going. And then the second word I said, rest. You have to just know when to rest and not do anything. Give your brain a break and just come back to it again. Um, you'll realize, hey, I didn't, it's just kind of like how you watch a movie the first time. But then once you watch it the second and third time, you're like, hey, I missed it the first time. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what happens when you take a step back and you start to rest and you come back to whatever it is you're working on. Your brain has to rest. Your body has to rest. And sometimes that may look like a vacation. Sometimes that may look like a spa day. Sometimes that just may look like you binging on Netflix, you know, at home in your pajamas all day. So what is rest to you? And you just have to get it done. Make that a part of your priority list as well. And then the last one is balance. Um, you have to balance life. That's just the best way I put it. You will be thrown in different directions. And you just have to try to figure out what works for you and try to find that balance. If something does not fit into um, your equation at that time, then you don't have to balance that. But you have to balance everything that's important to you so that you don't lose sight of who you are. And I think um, staying true to yourself is about having a healthy balance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's, those are like right on the money. Okay, so next lightning round question. What are two invaluable resources that have helped you in your wellness journey as a Black mom PhD? So I will say reading, leisure reading and listening. Well, this, these are number one, leisure reading and listening to podcasts. I think reading various blogs, listening to podcasts like yours, um, being able to step away from just the academic light. And even if it's just me listening to something going on in the graduate world or in the academic world, I'm not actually doing anything. I'm just listening. And so that kind of helps me take back um, to my research or just to me as a person. It helps me to kind of evolve and see things from a different lens and a different perspective. And just, you know, listening to people who I don't listen to every day. And it, it just kind of gives me a different outlook on life to see what's going on in different parts of the world and just kind of to escape a little bit. And then the second one would be therapy. So... A lot of people, especially I don't, I'm, we're coming around as African Americans, but you know, therapy and mental health has been a, a stigma for so long that 
a lot of us kind of shy away from the fact of, you know, going to therapy. However, I think therapy is very important. Kind of when I was at my breaking point, trying to figure out how to balance everything, I told my husband, I was like, babe, I need to go talk to someone because I right now I need someone who does not know me, who does not know me as an individual. I need that outside perspective to kind of help me. And one of the my therapist said, because I told her my, my biggest struggle was balancing everything, especially with being a new mom. And one of the things that she said was, you need to tell people what you need from them. And I was like, really? And she said, yes, like, you need to tell them your needs. If you need something, ask for it. And that made sense to me because I'm always that person who helps everyone else. And I don't voice, I don't vocally, I, or even physically, like my parents, you don't, you can't tell that I need help. And most of the time I really need help. And now I'm able to voice, you know, hey, call my parents, hey, I need you to watch the baby for me. Or are you free? Um, if you're free during this time, and then if that person isn't free, I'll call the next person. So just being able to vocalize my needs from individuals, especially when they see me as someone who isn't typically needy mm -hmm. and that was very hard for me and it still sometimes I struggle with voicing my needs to individuals because I feel like I can just do it myself but in reality you cannot do it all yourself mm -hmm. so yeah. I think that's important mm -hmm. no it's a practice right you have to yes. yes you got to get in the groove of it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no I, I I appreciate it hearing that um yeah. Okay. And the last piece, and I think you dropped gems throughout this entire podcast, but um, the last lightning round question is if you could offer one piece of advice to listeners, and I'll ask that this advice goes specifically for mothers or those who aspire to be mothers while also getting their PhD or other graduate degree. So my word for 2021 is authenticity. And I think it's important to be authentic in who you are. It, a, a prime example would be my supervisor would schedule Zoom meetings and he knows that I have a toddler or, you know, and that, at that time she was an infant. He knows that she's at home. He knows her schedule on my calendar. It says I'm unavailable, but you would still, you know, put a meeting on my calendar. Well, you're going to hear a baby in the background. That's me. That's a part of my life now. So I think the best thing that I can say to prospective mothers, um, to new mothers, those who are pregnant, and those who are even still, you know, um, been further along in the journey of motherhood than I am, is to just embrace it, accept it. Um, people have to know that this is a part of my identity now. I am not just a mother, but it's a part of my identity. I have someone who I have to nurture and care for along with nurturing and caring for myself. So I still have to be authentic in who I am, but I'm adding something else to who I am. So I think it's just important to show up as you every day. It's important to show that, hey, I'm, I'm not having a great day. I need some assistance. Or, hey, I, I know a lot of people who have trouble saying I have a small child and I won't be able to make it. 
it's it's okay. You won't make it. You won't make everything because your identity has changed. You are still you, but again, you gain something and you gain something that needs you, you know, on the everyday day-to-day basis and that's okay. So I would say don't try to hide the fact that you are a new mother. Don't try to hide the fact that you are struggling as a new mother. Be authentic because when you are authentic, people are able to receive you and meet you where you are at that specific point in time. Again, if you need help, they're able to help you. So you just have to stay authentic in your journey and just be you. That's kind of the best way that I can can put it is just to be you and stay the course and just know that you know you don't identify as just a mother you're adding that to your identity as a woman as well no I like that be authentic in all of your identities right and and embody all of who you are. Well, Brittany, I appreciate you for being here and talking with us on the podcast. If people want to, do you have any final words you want to share or thoughts, ideas? No, just thank you so much for having me. I think this is beneficial for all listeners. And I think um, Grad Girl Wellness is just right on point, especially where we are with the pandemic, quarantine, and just you know, being academics at this time, I think this is a platform that's necessary and needed. So thank you so much. Of course. And if people wanted to, to follow you and your journey and be inspired, where can they find you online? Um, they can find me on Instagram at blackmomphd. And I, again, just enjoy the journey. Um, follow me, be a part of my community, and I'll follow you and be a part of your community as well. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you. All right. Thank you, Angela. That's all I have for you on this episode. I hope that you heard something that inspires you along your wellness journey. And if so, share it with a friend. Until next time, take care.